Hey folks, Hyrulean here, and welcome back to Hyrulean Reviews Adventure Time. I just wanted to go ahead and stop in here before we start on this five-episode review journey and uh, share some information about what's going to be coming up in this block. So, ahead here, we have essentially three average to below average filler episodes and then a two-part Christmas special to finish it off. And I'm going to be honest with you, going into this block uh, of episodes, I was not super jazzed about watching a Christmas episode in the middle of the summer while it's 90 degrees outside. But this final episode in this block of reviews is insane. And I'm not talking about insane like the deer episode from the last block of reviews. I'm talking insane like insane in terms of the lore and the history and the backstory that this provides for our TV series. It's really, really crazy. And in the second part of the Christmas episode, you get basically a whole character's backstory. And it gets really emotional and really intriguing to the point where I started like kind of tearing up from like just like disbelief and feeling bad for like this fictional character and all that so you'll definitely want to stick around until the end and catch that two-part Christmas special I know it's the middle of the freaking summer right now and we're definitely not thinking about Christmas but it's an interesting one it really is it's one of the more interesting episodes of the show so far so without further ado, folks, let's hop into our reviews for this block of episodes. Season 3, episode 16, Jake vs. Meemaw, is an interesting one because it has a little tidbit of world-building information for us right off the bat. And that comes in the form of the fact that we get a confirmation that there is, in fact a guild of assassins in the land of Ooh. And Finn and Jake have gone over to Wildberry Princess's house in order to protect her because she actually found a contract uh, that basically said that somebody was going to try and assassinate her. So Finn and Jake are just kind of hanging out at her place, eating some pie, and Jake is being very distracting with his pie consumption, he's eating like a fucking animal. And there's some close-ups where we get to see the pie in his face and like his teeth moving and it like squishing the pie and it's really gross. Um, so Finn and Wildberry Princess decide to step out uh, just outside of her house so they can talk with more peace. And Jake's so caught up into eating the pies that once he finishes his, he looks over at Wildberry Princess's and he makes his hand morph into her and he's like hey wildberry princess can i have your pie and he goes oh sure you can jake i'm done with it thank you wildberry princess and then he eats her pie and he doesn't get more than like three bites into it when he finds in the middle of the pie a small kitty and this kitty is none other than the assassin Meemaw. And Meemaw pops out, and Jake's like, Aw, look at that. That's kind of cute. And freaking, basically, Meemaw ends up deciding to take Jake hostage. And the way Meemaw does this 
is they climb into Jake's nose and they have this big syringe full of poison and they basically tell Jake that if Jake doesn't murder Wildberry Princess for them they are going to inject Jake with the poison and he will die and so the next thing that happens is Finn and Wildberry Princess come back into the room and right as Jake's about to say like what's going on Meemaw inside of Jake's nose yells out to him that if he says anything he'll inject the poison so Jake is completely held hostage and the first plan he hatches up is he snatches up Wildberry Princess's crown and puts it on this bag of meat because I didn't mention it until now but for some reason uh, Wildberry Princess is like a butcher or something and she has like meat hooks with like meat cuts on it for some reason including a big bag that's clear and it's full of meat and Jake takes this crown and puts it on the bag and pretends that it's Wildberry Princess and beats the shit out of it and then throws it out the window for it to splat onto the ground below, tricking Meemaw into thinking that this was Wildberry Princess. And Finn yells, what the hell, Jake? And, like, everybody starts to kind of freak out on him, but not because she's dead, but Meemaw thinks it's because she's dead. So, after a little bit, some guards come rushing in, and they exclaim, she's alive! Because they thought that the bag of meat that hit the ground outside the window was Wildberry Princess and she was dead. And there's a weird part where, like, one of the guards is like, I smelled the, I smelled the pile of flesh and I could tell that it was not Wildberry and that it was, in fact, meat. That was kind of weird. Um, but they're crying and sobbing because she's okay. And... Basically, Meemaw discovers that the whole thing was a ruse. And so she's pissed off and she gives Jake one more chance because otherwise they're going to infect Jake with the freaking poison. And I keep going back and forth on pronouns. I apologize. I have no clue what Meemaw is supposed to be, if anything. <laughs> so, because it, it's one of those voices where it's like a little boy... But it could also be a little girl, if that makes any sense. So it's kind of it's kind of confusing and not really specifically one way or another. So I might hop around on accident a little bit. Um, but basically, Meemaw says, like, you got one more chance. You fucked this up. I'm injecting half the poison in you. And so the next thing that Jake tries to do is he basically goes up to Finn and says, Hey, Finn. Can you sing the lullaby that Mama used to sing for us? Which, of course, is referring to Margaret, uh, Jake's actual dog mother, and then Finn's adopted mother. Um, and he's like, no, what the hell, man? In front of everybody else, what? And he's like, come on, man. I know you got the music box in your backpack. Just sing along to it, please. I need this, man. And he manages to convince Finn to sing the song and play with the music box, and it makes all of the guards and Wildberry Princess pass out and... Jake quickly stuffs some hot dogs in his ears so he doesn't pass out. And then he catches Finn before Finn falls asleep so he doesn't pass out. But Meemaw inside of his nose does pass out. And as soon as this happens, Jake quickly explains to Finn what's going on. He says, hey man, there's a fucking cat assassin inside of my nose right now. And it's going to poison me. If I don't kill Wildberry Princess, I need your help. And Finn immediately does not believe him which is kind of sad, and 
what Jake does next is he basically um, reaches inside of the cat's, or reaches inside of his nose to try to steal the vials away from the cat. And the cat actually wakes up and realizes that they've been tricked. And so they inject half the poison vial into Jake. And Jake's in a really, really bad state. So what happens next is everybody wakes up and Jake says that they need to go somewhere more secretive so they can protect her better. And of course, where they end up going is a cliff. And it seems like Jake's kind of cut his losses at this point, and he's just kind of thinking that if he wants to save himself, he's going to have to kill Wildberry Princess. Uh, but what ends up happening instead is he basically sets it up so Finn has his back turned. He's about to push Wildberry Princess off the cliff, and Wildberry Princess almost fucking falls off herself anyway because she's so clumsy. Uh, but a bird sees the hot dogs still lodged in Jake's ears and swoops down and tries to pull him out. And when it does, it knocks Meemaw out of Jake's nose. Jake's, it knocks Meemaw out of Jake's nose, and Finn sees that it was all true all along. And so what happens next is basically Jake's been fully poisoned at this point. I think I might have messed up on my poison timings a little bit, but you get the idea. Jake's been fully poisoned at this point, and he's in really, really bad shape, and he's on the ground. And Finn has a battle with Meemaw. And the way the battle goes is basically Meemaw kind of runs around and then climbs up this tree. And since they're so small, it looks really, really fast. It's very graphically impressive. And it was one of the cooler scenes of this episode. Uh, because Meemaw's just kind of running around and climbing. And it looks really, really fast. It's almost like an anime moment where like the main character is doing like the anime run if that makes any sense um but basically Meemaw and Jake have a fight or not Jake Meemaw and Finn have a fight and Meemaw pulls out like a little dagger and slices Finn on the shin and on the face but it's basically like a little paper cut to him but the most gruesome part of the fight is like Meemaw's on the tree and Meemaw holds out the little dagger and Finn goes to grab Meemaw to stop him from attacking and the dagger like goes into his hand and like enters his hand and it's like oh fuck that must have hurt and then basically Finn manages to catch Meemaw and is like it's over Meemaw give me the antidote it's over and Meemaw smashes the antidote against the tree and it's now just kind of seeping down the tree bark and so Finn calls out to Jake that he needs to come over and lick up the antidote uh, but unfortunately uh, with Meemaw captured, the antidote does manage to kind of, like, disappear before Jake can lick it up. And Jake's not in great shape. Jake's on the freaking, you know, the edge, if that makes any sense. And Meemaw's like, it's pointless. I've infected your dog with enough poison for f 51 dogs his size. And Finn's like, wait, 51 dogs? Jake, you just need to grow. And so Jake makes his liver grow to the size of 52 dogs and that makes it so the poison doesn't affect him and he manages to successfully pass it through his body and the day is saved and Meemaw ends up going flying off the cliff never to be seen from again for now 
And so that's really all I've got to say about that one. Let's go through my extra notes here and kind of just list off some of the things I might have forgotten. Yes, this obviously was a filler episode. I did manage to spot the snail as well. The snail was inside of Wildberry Princess's house. Um, and no, there were no fart jokes. Uh, Meemaw was the cutest part of this episode because Meemaw had a really, like, funny, cute voice, I guess you could say. Um, and the f- coolest part of these episode or of this episode was the fact that the Assassin's Guild exists, and we got some confirmation on it. Uh, really, really neat from, like, a world-building perspective. And also... Uh, Meemaw, like, crawling around the tree all sped up and everything was pretty dope as well. Um, and the funniest part of the episode, I didn't mention during my synopsis, but I'll mention it now. When Meemaw lunges at Wildberry Princess before falling off the cliff, Wildberry Princess, like, has some of her berries fall off, and she basically turns into one berry with, like, a, uh, with, like, a butt. It's really, really weird. And freaking Finn's like, whoa, Wildberry Princess. Nice defense mechanism. That was awesome. And Wildberry Princess is like, oh, sorry, Finn. That's not a defense mechanism. It's actually a medical condition. And now I need to go to the hospital. And Jake's like, yeah, we all need to go to the hospital. Which was kind of funny. And then that's the end of the episode. Um, The weird moments were... Finn and Jake spitting out the pie, and also Jake just kind of eating the pie all fucking disgustingly. I, it was like fucking, it was gross, honestly. <laughs> There's no other way to put it. Um, because they even did like a close-up on Jake's mouth, and you could see like the pie getting squished in his face, and it was just wet. And the fact that Meemaw was in the pie was also kind of weird and a little gross. Um, but other than that, a couple other things to note. The title card of this episode had a hand-drawn look, and it looked kind of like a child's drawing. And it had Jake, and it said Jake versus Meemaw, and then there was a drawing of Meemaw as well. So, you know, maybe there's some lore behind that. Might be something interesting for you to look up. Uh, It literally looked like a kid drew it. So I would not be surprised if some child drew it, and then they put it in the episode as like a nice little thing for the kid. Um, And the other thing was, it was nice to get a little bit of lore from the whole fact that they were talking about how Margaret used to play the music box and sing the lullabies to Finn and Jake when they were little. That was a nice little lore tidbit. I'm a big fan. And also, as far as Meemaw goes, I'm fairly convinced that there's no way that Meemaw's dead. And I guarantee we'll end up seeing Meemaw again one way or another at some point uh, later on in the series. Because there's been other assassins... And I'm almost certain that there's got to be an episode at some point where we end up getting more information on this Assassin's Guild. Because they even went as far as to say, like, some of the ways that they do, like, contracts and rituals and stuff. And they have an emblem. And I don't think they would design an emblem for a one-off gag. But overall, this was a pretty good filler. Season 3, episode 17, Thank You, is a bit of a weird one because this is probably the first episode in the series that wasn't completely focused or at least mostly focused on either Finn or Jake or both. This episode only had 
Finn and Jake in the background occasionally, and otherwise it was completely focused on some external third-party characters that we've never seen before. And it was honestly pretty fascinating, uh, and it kind of showed that the creators of Adventure Time have lots and lots of ideas at this point for what to do with the world and lots of different characters to come up with and things like that. Because in this episode, we follow the heartwarming story of a snow golem and a fire wolf that become unlikely friends. So without further ado, let's hop into the plot explanation. This episode honestly felt like one of those Pixar animated shorts that they do before you like go and see the Pixar movies in theater or as like special features on the disc. It was really adorable. Basically, it starts out with the snow golem waking up and going through his morning routine and it's like a beautiful day in the ice kingdom and the snow golem like lives in this like really really pretty and graphically impressive snowy forest in the ice kingdom and he lives in like this cabin and he like gets up out of bed and like combs his hair and shampoos his hair and goes into the kitchen to get breakfast and gets his breakfast and goes and sits down in front of the TV and watches some TV and after the snow golem finishes his breakfast and watching his morning television he heads back over to the kitchen and he starts writing down a grocery list uh, which is funny because instead of like writing the names of the items he needs he just draws them which I thought was kind of cute and interesting um, and then he like puts on like this wooden headband which is apparently his clothes and like steps outside and heads off to go grocery shopping and his version of grocery shopping is like just going over to some trees that have pears growing on them and picking them which was kind of funny um and when he does he sees that part of the forest is burning and the reason for that is there's some fire wolves uh that are like kind of terrorizing this area and the fire wolves like uh kind of run around him and try and like burden him and cause trouble for him and all of a sudden there's like a big puff of steam when they like start to get really close to him and when the steam comes through the fire wolves are gone and the uh the snow golem is alone but then he notices that they left on accident a very small fire wolf pup behind and the snow golem kind of tries to like bring him towards the edge of the forest but to no avail and the fire pup starts following him home and he's hesitant at first but the sun's starting to set and the fire kingdom is very far away so the snow golem lets the fire pup stay the night and there's a lot of really really adorable and cute hijinks where the fire pup like melts the like snow that is inside of the snow golem's house or like the snow golem's like uh doing like a little finger puppet show for the fire dog but the fire dog accidentally burns off the snow golem's fingers tons of adorable little stuff like that this is a nice little uh peaceful you know cute episode and uh and basically they go to bed and they wake up the next morning and the snow golem puts the fire dog on like a chair 
so he doesn't have to touch it directly and it melts his hands and he sets off back out into the wilderness um, and starts to bring the fire dog back to the fire kingdom and this snow golem legitimately like climbs on the side of like a volcano and is like all melting and stuff like that and like it's almost to the point where this snow golem is not going to make it because of how melted it is but it manages to make it to where the fire wolves are uh like camping out i guess you could say or like where they live and he puts the fire pup on the ground and it runs over to its family and it looks back at the snow golem happily and then the fire wolves start to growl and start to like inch towards the snow golem so the snow golem has to quickly run away and the snow golem reaches back at home and you can tell he's a little sad because the fire pup is gone uh, but then suddenly the pack of fire wolves return and they run up and start to play with the snow golem and the snow pup or the fire pup is reunited with the snow golem and the snow golem starts to melt into a puddle but it's really really happy and it's having the time of its life because it's playing with the fire pup and it's really fucking adorable and that's sort of the end of the episode every so often in this episode when the snow golem was outside he would pass finn and jake fighting the ice king and the ice king had like this armor on that was made out of tons and tons of layers of ice so finn and jake could not defeat him but he was also unable to move so it was mostly just like scenes where they were like trying to bash the armor until it broke and they even camp out next to the ice king while he's still in the armor and then they wake up the next day and you can see him like getting close to breaking out the armor and at the end of the episode it cuts to finn and jake and the ice king and they're still kind of chilling out and they became fatigued from trying to chip away the ice for so long and they see the fire dog uh, kind of running around and melting the snow golem but they're having a lot of fun and they're really cute and the infins like aren't fire wolves and snow golems usually enemies and jake's like huh i guess they learn to get along and the ice king's like ah we could learn something from those two maybe we can learn to get along and Finn was like, yeah, maybe someday. I don't know. And <laughs> the Ice King's just like, ah, thank you. And that's the end of the episode. Honestly, just a really, really cute side episode. Great idea for a filler. I love the concept of kind of focusing on some different characters. I know the further we get into the series, there's going to be less, like, there's going to be more episodes that don't have Finn and Jake as the focus. But this was the first one. And honestly, it was just kind of cool to see the lives of some other characters in this well-established universe that we've been following throughout the series thus far. Um, and it was just really adorable. Let me see if I had marked anything else down about this one here. Uh, let's see. Filler episode, obviously. Snail spotted? No. Was there any fart jokes? No. Uh, the cutest thing was the fire dog and the snow golem just being adorable and being friends um the coolest part of this episode by far was just the fact that there were like all these really impressive snowy forest scenes they honestly were very impressive from an artistic standpoint and i was a big fan of it um and 
funniest part for sure was the fact that the snow golem used a bird as an alarm clock and the bird would fly in the window and land and then it sounded like an alarm clock and the snow golem just smashed it which was funny um the weirdest part of the episode was the fire dog was at the snow golem's house and it wanted food so the snow golem had it suck on a cow's tit and the cow was like screaming like ow 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 because the fire dog was burning it but the fire dog was just hanging off the cow's tit sucking the milk out of it which was kind of weird but funny uh other things of note finn was wearing the sweater that pb made for him in the mortal folly episode with the heart on it and everything to keep him warm while they're in the ice kingdom um, and the reason the Ice King and Finn and Jake were fighting in this episode was apparently because the Ice King stole their sandwiches, which was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, that's sort of about it for this one. Really, really adorable Pixar shorts-esque episode. Uh, neat seeing some like world building in the form of an episode that focused on some different characters. And they still managed to sneak Finn and Jake in there in some extent. I'll be curious to see if we ever get to the point in this show where there's a whole ass episode where we never see Finn and Jake because even in the first Distant Lands episode that we watched, which if you recall and you've been following the series from the very beginning, we actually started it out by watching the first episode of Distant Lands because it's a prequel to Adventure Time and it shows how Bimo came to be living with Finn and Jake and even Finn and Jake are in that episode so we actually have not watched an episode of the show with out either Finn or Jake because even an episode existed where it was just Finn for almost the entire episode <laughs> but uh Finn had like a shirt pocket and at the very end somebody's like hey what's in your shirt pocket and he's like, oh, Jake's in there. And then he opens it and you can see Jake. So Jake was technically in that episode. So I don't think we've had any without both of them. Uh, but it'll it'll be interesting to see if at some point they just decide to not have Finn and Jake in an episode. I would not be surprised. This episode very easily could not have had Finn and Jake. It could have just had the Ice King seeing this all go down and then him saying thank you to himself. And it would have been basically the same. So I'm, I would not be surprised if they do it eventually. But it'll be very interesting to see. And I'll try and document the exact moment when we have our first episode without Finn and Jake in it. Because it'll be kind of like a landfall moment. So, But yeah, interesting concept. Interesting little filler episode. <laughs> Full disclosure, Season 3, Episode 18, The New Frontier, is probably the worst episode we've had in quite a while. And so if I go through it kind of quickly here, I apologize, but, you know, we're just going to kind of blast through it so we can get to the good stuff. Uh, but here's what it's all about. So basically, Jake wakes up from a dream, and this dream that he had involved him floating through space with no spacesuit and there was like a banana man astronaut and a rocket ship and the cosmic owl was there and basically the uh, rocket ship is like slowly drifting away from Jake and Jake tries to stretch out his arms 
to get to the rocket ship, but he doesn't manage to grab it in time, and he suffocates and dies in space. And he wakes up from this dream, and he's convinced that this dream of him dying is like fate, and that's how he's going to eventually die. And Finn is very concerned because they're super, super, super superstitious when it comes to this kind of thing, and Finn's kind of convinced that he can change Jake's fate now that he knows uh, what's going to happen because of his dream. So Finn sets off to try and stop whatever is supposedly going to happen because of the dream from happening when all of a sudden they hear a knock at the door. And when they peek out from the upstairs window to see who it is knocking on the door, it's none other than, of course, the Banana Man. And so immediately Finn grabs Jake and takes him behind the ice chest and they hide uh, because, you know, naturally Finn doesn't want Jake to go and uh, answer the door for the Banana Man because since the Banana Man was in Jake's dream, presumably, eventually, if they meet, Jake will end up dying. The Banana Man eventually does decide to leave but Finn decides to tail after him and see if he can manage to uh, catch him and kind of stop him from uh, moving into their area or whatever he's trying to do. He's trying to stop him from getting close to Jake in any way, shape, or form because, you know, obviously it'll eventually lead to Jake dying. And they see him heading towards the horizon, and Finn mistakenly thinks that he's just going to keep running until he ends up running into the sun and like melts because he doesn't understand that like since the sun is on the horizon that doesn't mean that the sun is connected to the earth it's kind of a weird like dumb moment for Finn um but basically it turns out that this like space banana man has set up like a a little camp next to Finn and Jake's treehouse and they peek into the window, and he's in there watching exercise videos and just kind of hanging out. And for some reason, Finn pulls out a crossbow and lights the crossbow bolt on fire and launches it into the open window. And Jake's like, what the hell, man? You can't kill the banana man just because I had a dream about him. And Finn says he's not going to try and kill him. He's just firing a warning shot for whatever reason. Uh, and it backfires and it comes flying back out the window and almost hits them uh, but then he proceeds to fire another one for some reason and it was just really really weird but either way eventually they give up on that and they go to the back of the house and in the back of the house they find the rocket from Jake's dream and Jake immediately uh, sort of runs to the rocket and decides that he's going to try and meet fate because he really doesn't want Finn intervening and like stopping him because he's under the impression that if his uh, destiny is to die with this banana man and this rocket in space then that's the way he needs to go for some reason which is kind of weird um <clears throat> but anyway so fake fake Jake climbs into the rocket and starts the like engines by lighting like this thing uh this like freaking i don't even know what you call it there's like 
rocket sticks or like dynamite sticks sticking out of the bottom of the rocket and ends up getting lit and Jake climbs in and Finn attempts to stop him but Jake holds him back and that's when the banana man comes out and sees what's going on and attempts to stop it from happening as well but they all get caught up and launched off with the rocket but it turns out the rocket was not ready and they all basically end up getting flung just a short distance away and this rocket like crashes into the ground and then goes through the ground and there's this scene that I feel like could have been a reference to the Lord of the Rings but I might have been wrong where basically there's this huge establishing shot that shows like Finn and Jake and Banana Man and the rocket falling into this hole and like it's in a cave and at the bottom of the cave there's like a massive lake and it looked very similar to when Gandalf fell down in the cave and ended up in like the cave area with the uh, lake underground falling with the Balrog so it, it might have been a reference it might not have been I'm not entirely sure uh, but when they crash into the water for some reason it looks like space and Jake's dream is basically recreated minus the cosmic owl who does not appear for some reason or another and Finn is there this time and basically Finn starts to suffocate instead of Jake and so Jake quickly grabs him and the banana man and pulls them out and the banana man is like what the fuck what is going on why did you guys fucking destroy my rocket and try to kill me with fire arrows and they just kind of brush him off and Jake's like well I guess we ended up changing fate I didn't die and Finn's like yeah and all it took was me being by your side I'm never leaving your side ever again for the rest of your life and he like presses himself against Jake and that's the end of the episode so honestly it's pretty apparent that I wasn't a super huge fan of this one the idea and the concept was just kind of already a little shaky for me and the fact that the cosmic owl didn't even appear but they teased him at the beginning of the episode was like why why did they just tease him not to even show him off some of the coolest stuff that happens in this show it involves the cosmic owl but honestly i just i didn't like how finn was acting in this episode he was just kind of acting super rash and like he was firing like crossbow bolts into an innocent person's house and it just felt really out of character for him and the fact that Jake was like willing and accepting and wanting to die because he had a dream that he died was like really awkward and I was not a huge fan of it to be honest with you um, but let's go over the rest of my notes nonetheless here so obviously yes this was a filler episode no I did not spot the snail and no, there were no fart jokes. Uh, the cutest moment of this episode was when Finn showed honest emotion and fear at the thought of Jake dying. Um, that was like kind of the only saving grace of this episode was the fact that Finn was seriously emotionally concerned that Jake was going to die and he was acting like he couldn't go on without him, which was kind of sweet. Um, this episode did also confirm that space travel exists in the Adventure Time universe. Uh, we had seen that previously in the Distant Lands episode starring Bimo where he flies his uh, rocket ship and it crash lands on Ooh. But this is the first time in the main series where we've had official confirmation and 
it's kind of interesting from a, from a technical standpoint because of the fact that it's like, it's like, this is a really high fantasy setting most of the time, but they always sprinkle in bits of technology, and I really admire it. Um, there was a part in this episode where Jake made an ice cream pizza sandwich where it was two slices of pizza with ice cream in between, um, and that was kind of, that was pretty funny. Uh, and then the fact that Finn was just dumb enough in a moment to think that the Banana Man lived on the sun because he was walking towards the horizon was like, oh my god. But it was pretty funny. Uh, other notes, the Cosmic Owl was also in the title card to this episode. Um, important to note, I really thought he was going to have a more prevalent role in this episode, and he didn't, so that was also kind of disappointing. And then Jake mentions multiple times... Uh, about how he's going to transcend into Glob world and meet Glob. So presumably some form of Christianity or religion at the very least does exist in the Adventure Time universe. And instead of calling it like God, they call it Glob. And instead of calling it Heaven, they call it Glob world. Interesting stuff. But yeah, honestly, I was feeling probably about a 5.5 on this one. There just was not a lot of good stuff here but don't get me wrong it wasn't bad it was just worse than the rest of the episodes that we've been covering recently so I had to give it a bit of a worse rating than the rest of them but either way there we have it season three episode 19 of adventure time holly jolly secrets part one is our second two-parter in the series so far and this one also acted as a Christmas special airing in December of 2011 this part and the second part were aired at the same time and it was a whole like almost 20 to 30 minute episode but for streaming services and such there is a split and it's split up into two separate parts and so I'll be treating it as two separate episodes uh, but without further ado, let's talk about sort of what happens in this episode. So, basically, Finn and Jake are just kind of hanging out, and they're searching for treasure. Jake has basically uh, set up a treasure map for Finn to kind of go on an adventure with and like kind of find some buried treasure. And the two of them have set out, and they're trying to find it. And they eventually reach the site, and Finn digs it up, and when he does, he discovers a briefcase. And when he opens the briefcase, inside are some VHS tapes. And Finn immediately recognizes these VHS tapes because they are some VHS tapes that he saw the Ice King bury in a pile of boogers in the junkyard. Uh, just a few nights ago, but he actually forgot to go check them out and see what they were, and yeah, so basically they have these tapes that the Ice King was trying to hide and bury away, and they passionately, passionately refer to them as the secret tapes for the rest of the episode, so that's what I'll be referring to them as well. Um, and they decide that they're going to sit down and watch all the secret tapes and see what kind of secrets the Ice King is hiding on them. And the way they do this is they first off make flyers and hang them up across the land of Ooh to announce to everybody that they're doing a screening of some secret tapes 
Uh, but nobody is invited but them and BMO to watch the tapes, which is a great idea because obviously people would have shown up at their house if they didn't put up the flyers telling people not to come to their house. And so they head back to the treehouse and they get all warm and cuddly and get ready to watch some VHS tapes. And BMO puts the VHS tapes in his ass because apparently his ass is a VHS player. That's important to note as well um, for the sake of this episode's plot. Uh, And they sit down and they start watching them and they quickly realize that these VHS tapes are pretty damn boring. So uh, they're sitting and watching them and it's just kind of the Ice King rambling about certain things and they fast forward through a lot of it. Um, But it cuts away to the Ice King and the Ice King sees one of these flyers and when he sees it, he discovers that Finn and Jake are having a secret VHS tape watch party and they didn't invite him and he gets really, really upset because he doesn't even realize that these secret tapes are his. He just wants to watch secret VHS tapes with them to be their friend and he's upset that he wasn't invited. So he immediately starts making his way to the treehouse to start and try and watch the VHS tapes with them. Like, he tries to infiltrate their house so he can get in and watch the VHS tapes. And, let's see here. don't know if there's really a whole lot else to say about this one. That's kind of the entirety of part one. There was some hijinks where the Ice King tries to break in. Uh, he builds, like, a snowman army, but the snowmen attack him instead of attacking Finn and Jake's treehouse. Uh, Finn and Jake start to wonder if the tapes have some sort of secret code on them. So they call up Princess Bubblegum, and she says that she'll come over and crack the code for him. But the Ice King uh, basically hijacks the phone line and pretends to be Princess Bubblegum because he's trying to figure out what the tapes are all about. And they immediately catch on because they see him sitting on top of the telephone pole, and he is wired a handset old-school phone into the telephone wires directly to intercept the call, which was, you know, kind of impressive from, like, a skill and know-how standpoint that the Ice King could do that. Um, but obviously, yes, this was a filler episode, but also at the same time, no, it kind of wasn't, and we'll get into why later in the part two. I did not manage to spot the snail, and there were no fart jokes, the cutest moment in this episode was when uh, Bimo turned himself down because he was trying to be stealthy and they didn't want the Ice King to know they were in the house. So Bimo literally turns down his volume when they're sneaking around. Um, and something I wanted to note as well, they open up the ice chest in this episode and inside we can see that there's significantly more ice than there was in the previous episode where the Ice King complained that they were not keeping enough ice. It's funny because, in a way, it shows that they sort of listened to the Ice King um, when he said that they did not have enough ice in the house. (laughs) Um, Well, let's see what else I have to say. Funny moments. The flyers that they made to announce that they were watching secret videotapes was kind of funny because it's another, like, ha-ha-ha, Finn and Jake are dumb moment. Um, And in addition to that, like, the fact that the Ice King just showed up was like, oh, my God. The Ice King just showed up not even thinking about the fact that he just buried secret videotapes and he just wanted to see the videotapes. There's lots of, like, 
dumb for the sake of being dumb moments in these episodes uh, that we watched recently. Um, and another funny thing that happened was Bimo actually had an alarm set on him uh, to remind Finn that it was bath time. And at one point in the episode when they were trying to be sneaky and not let the Ice King know that they were home, the alarm goes off and Bimo starts beeping really loudly. And he's like, Finn, it is your bath time. Get naked. And that was pretty funny. That was probably the funniest part of the whole episode. Um, but yeah, that's about it for our part one here. And when we come back, we'll have part two, which is significantly more interesting in pretty much every single way. And it made me feel a lot better about part one. Because honestly, I gave part one a five out of ten because I just did not think it was very remarkable in any way, shape, or form. But it does hold up when we see part two. Season 3, episode 20, Holly Jolly Secrets, part 2, is a continuation of the last episode. And I want to note really quickly, I just realized now that I'm looking over my notes again, that I might have accidentally included some of the information from the second part in the first part. Um, but either way, I'm going to kind of recap it. So if I repeat some things between the last episode's review and this one, I apologize. I kind of watched those episodes like really back to back and so little happened in the first part and so much happened in the second part that some of the things from the second part were inevitably going to end up being mistakenly put in the first part when I was recalling the plot so I do apologize for that I do apologize for any confusion and without further ado let's hop right back into it so when we left off, Finn, Jake, and Bimo were all chilling out in the treehouse, watching some secret tapes that Jake found in the dump that belonged to the Ice King. And these secret tapes turned out to be basically vlogs, or like video diaries, I guess you could say. And the Ice King kind of is just doing a ton of embarrassing stuff in these clips, um, and some of the things that he does includes, like, singing and uh, pretending to, like, uh, be different characters and stuff like that. Like, a good example of that is the fact that he dresses up in a wig that looks like Marceline's hair. And he sings a cover of the freaking Fries song. So it's like the Ice King and he's like, Daddy, why did you steal my fries? <laughs> It was actually pretty funny. Um, and there was a part where the Ice King was crying. And he was crying in a bit of a pattern. So they had Bimo translate it as if it was Morse code. And when Bimo translated it as Morse code, it turned out to accidentally be like an ASCII art of Gunter, which was kind of funny. Um, and there's a bunch of other hijinks as well. Let me refer to my notes so I don't accidentally mix anything up here. Uh, let's see. So, after the uh, after the couple things that uh, after the couple things that they see on the tapes, they kind of fast forward through some things, and then the snowmen attack uh, because the Ice King makes them 
and says, like, attack Finn and Jake, and then they end up attacking him, but he manages to get them to stop. Their whole treehouse is covered with snow at this point, so they bundle up in some nice warm sweaters, and that's when we get a banner ad that's actually baked into the show that says you're watching the Adventure Time Holiday Special on Cartoon Network, which I thought was really cute, and it was a nice little snippet from that time period. Um, and then the Ice King sneaks through the chimney by basically just blasting through it. And he's like, ha ha ha, I have the element of surprise, which was pretty funny. And he ends up kind of looking similar to Santa Claus at this point, which was sort of funny. Um, but basically, he sneaks in, and Finn and Jake obviously catch him, and he gets pissed off. He's like, oh, you guys are watching my tapes, what the hell? And he starts to get really, really frustrated. But eventually they just end up finishing up the tapes because Finn and Jake sort of defeat the Ice King. And so he kind of just has to sit down and continue watching the tapes with him, with them. And that's when we get the biggest lore bomb in probably the show's entire run so far. And... Honestly, this is why I've been stumbling over, like, my explanations of the last two episodes. Because everything else that happens in these two episodes is completely irrelevant compared to this information that I'm about to talk about. Because this stuff is absolutely huge. So I want to go over my notes one more time before I get into this lore bomb and make sure I didn't miss anything. Um, but... If I haven't, then that means that we will likely be moving on to this lore bomb. Oh, and I also said the thing about the ice in the freezer, and they had more ice than the last time when the Ice King got mad because they only had a little bit of ice. Uh, that was actually in this episode, too. I really don't know what happened all that much in the previous episode because it was not a whole lot, and that's why I rated it so poorly before I saw the ending of this episode. Um, but I think that is everything. So just to set the scene for you one more time, Finn and Jake have just defeated the Ice King, and the Ice King has no choice but to just hang out, and they are watching the Ice King's personal diary, his private secrets that he was kind of saying to the camera, and it's so far just been a bunch of really, like, embarrassing, basically, uh exposure kind of stuff like he's been exposing himself as like being a singer and imitating Princess Bubblegum and imitating Marceline and doing a cover of her songs he's just been kind of making a fool of himself on these tapes but then all of a sudden the tapes cut to a different person a man and that's where we get into the absolute lore bomb so Basically, we cut from the Ice King doing some embarrassing shit to a man, and he introduces himself as Simon Petrikov, and he explains that he is an antiquarian of artifacts, meaning he collects antique artifacts from around the world. And at this point, it's very clear that this is like a long time ago in the past, and presumably this videotape is taking place fairly close to the present time that we live in, thereby 
possibly confirming that the land of Boo might actually just be Earth, but in the far-flung future. Very, very interesting stuff. Uh, but basically, Simon explains that in his pursuits, he found in the possession of a dock worker in northern Scandinavia a magical crown. And he opens up a very heavily locked and guarded safe and pulls out none other than the Ice King's crown. And he explains that as a joke, he put on the crown and started, like, goofing around with his fiancée, Betty. And all of a sudden, he entered this, like, trance-like state. And when he came out of it, Betty was so pissed off at him that she divorced him on the spot or broke off their engagement, if you will, and never talked to him ever again and never explained what happened. And essentially, Simon got completely dumped because of the fact that that crown had some magical abilities and it completely took a hold of him and made him enter this trance-like state. And so, naturally, Betty, and by the way, just for people who are curious, she's like this sort of younger ginger gal who wears glasses, is basically out of Simon's life, leaving him in a very depressed state uh, where he is single and alone and has nothing to his name except for his collection of magical artifacts. And so he decides to put on the crown again. And when he does put on the crown, he hears secrets about ice and snow. And the crown offers him salvation from the horrible life that he's found himself in. And we see through multiple cuts, presumably over multiple months, individual days, that since Simon has started wearing the crown... His skin has started to turn blue, which he explains is due to the fact that his body temperature is now well below freezing. And we can see in the background out the window that the uh, the place that he lives in is now covered in snow. This is presumably England. We even see a plane at one point uh, flying through the sky, which is really, really fascinating. And basically, Simon's skin turns blue and his hair starts to turn white. And he starts to grow a really, really long white beard. And as he sort of transforms, there's one last clip where he basically says that he needs someone to help him while he's basically trying to untangle his mind because his mind is an absolute mess. And he basically explains that he will do anything he can to get his mind untangled and win back the heart of his sweet princess, Betty. And of course, this is the moment where, if it wasn't obvious, we learn that Simon Petrikov is none other than the Ice King. Essentially, the Ice King used to be a normal human being who had a fiancé, had a wonderful life and had everything and because of this magical crown that ended up in his possession he lost it all he lost his entire old life he 
like lost himself he lost everything and so it's at this moment that we sort of learn the Ice King's true backstory and the real reason why he kidnaps princesses it's because he's confused and what he really wants is to recapture the heart of his very own lost princess Betty I was honestly clocked out at this point in the episode right before all this lore bomb stuff happened. I was not super jazzed about watching a Christmas episode um, in the middle of the summer, but when this scene happened, my mouth hit the fucking floor. It was insane. And what was interesting too was Finn and Jake had the same reaction. You could tell that they had the same realization that the audience did, and all of a sudden they went from absolutely just being pissed off that the Ice King broke into their house and trying to watch these videos to figure out why, like, he was hiding them to feeling absolute pity and sadness for their enemy. And the Ice King, after seeing all this for another time, basically says, Oh, no, you guys found out that I used to wear glasses! And that's all he has to say about it. He clearly is still very messed up in the head. Has no consciousness about what has happened to him. And the fact that his whole former life was ruined. And this scene raises so many questions for the history of the show. We are left just kind of speechless at this point. And the rest of the episode just kind of plays out like some sort of, you know, fever dream. But I couldn't even really focus on it because of the fact that I was still reeling with all this information that we learned. It's just so crazy. Like, there are so many questions, and I'm going to get into all of them here, no worries. But that was sort of the big moment of this whole two-part Christmas special, was this reveal that the Ice King used to be just a normal guy. But the crown corrupted his mind and made it so he lost everything he loved and he lost himself. And so that's really all I got to say about that little flashback. Let's kind of discuss what happens throughout the last little bit of the episode here. Because there is still a little bit left. So basically after they finish watching this, uh, this clip from Simon... The Ice King is embarrassed because they found out that he used to wear glasses. So clearly, they confirm that this is 100% the Ice King. And they're not going to be able to pull a switcheroo on us. Because the Ice King even says like that it is him. He at least knows that it was him. So, very, very fascinating stuff. But basically, Finn and Jake are so taken aback by what they just witnessed on the VHS tape. That they sort of pause everything and decide to turn this day into a day to give back to the Ice King. For the first time in the show's run, Finn and Jake legitimately feel bad for the Ice King, and so they decide to invite a bunch of people over and celebrate the holidays properly. And there's a brief cut, but then when it cuts back, Shelby, the worm that lives in Jake's violin, gives an expositional dialogue about everybody who's in attendance to the little Christmas celebration that they pulled together. 
And there's a whole bunch of people who show up. There's like Princess Bubblegum, Marceline, Cinnamon Bun, Lumpy Space Princess. We even get the name of the weird, creepy, naked guy whose face is plastered on random objects in the land of Ooh. His name is Phil. I don't know if you recall the wizard battle episode that I reviewed a little while ago, but I talked about how there was like a creepy guy in his underwear in the stands and it turns out it was Phil all along I hope we get more information on Phil down the line because it was really interesting stuff and likewise I also wanted to mention really quickly uh, tree trunks and the pig were in attendance of the party as well and it kind of seems like they might possibly be being shipped as a couple now interestingly enough Um, so that was interesting And also I wanted to say this episode felt a hundred times more Christmassy than the last one. It was clear that you were definitely supposed to watch these as, you know, a bundle. And if you just caught one half of it, you weren't getting the whole special. So I honestly think it might have been a good idea for me to just treat both of these episodes as one big episode. But alas, I guess that was a lesson that I learned. So if this happens again, I'll try and keep that in mind. And I might change up how I review the episodes. But um, let's see. Do I have anything else that I want to mention? Ah, yes. There was a cliffhanger at the last in the last episode where Jake turns towards the camera and yells, Ah! And it's supposed to make us think that he saw something. But when this episode began, it was revealed that he was actually starting to sing Arueta, like the classic... French children's nursery rhyme, you know, um, and Jake sings the whole song at the beginning of this episode, and Finn and Bimo are impressed that he knows all the lyrics because it's in French, so they've presumably confirmed the fact that French is a real language in, uh, in the land of Ooh. The other thing I wanted to mention as well, uh, which is the last thing I have to mention, is the Ice King was so grateful for Finn and Jake throwing a little celebration for him that he gave Finn and Jake Christmas presents. He gave Finn like a mini pine tree, and he gave Jake a literal skunk. And it wasn't like a super adventure timey looking skunk either. It kind of looked almost like an actual skunk. Uh, which I thought was remarkable to bring up. So, um, But yeah, let's hop into, before we wrap up this episode discussion, uh, let's hop into some questions that I had after I saw the Ice King backstory video. So first of all, I am not entirely sure where the Ice King lived, but presumably it was on Earth, and also presumably it was like in near to modern time for us because of the fact that there was planes and it was definitely like somewhere in Europe that he lived. I'm not sure if it was supposed to be like Russia or England or, you know, France or something like that, but he definitely lived somewhere in Europe. And I understand that Russia isn't in Europe. So he, but he lived somewhere on that side of the globe, if that makes any sense. I really wonder where. Likewise, I also wonder what the fuck happened to Betty, because clearly the Ice King, a.k.a. Simon, did something to Betty, 
or did something that scared Betty. So it makes you wonder, like, what could he have possibly done? I'm also curious if the Ice King has anything to do with, like, why the Earth does not exist. I know we have some information about how, um, in Distant Lands, the first episode, we learned that there was, like, this mega corporation that sucked all of, like, the valuable resources out of the Earth, and it's possible that that was what ended up causing our planet to die in the Adventure Time universe, but I'm curious if the Ice King might have possibly played a role in that as well, and I really hope we learn some information about that down the line. Um, but also, there's just, like, so much that we have to see, you know? It's like Simon clearly was an important figure in this, like, pre- destruction universe and then he was turned into the ice king like does he have any other connections is the ice king ever going to unscramble his mind and sort of relearn about who he was and what his goals and ambitions were you know it's genuinely probably the saddest thing that's been in this entire show so far because you could tell that Simon was legitimately just a scholar and he wanted to learn more about the world by collecting these antique artifacts and he had a horrible, horrible turn of bad luck and that ended up leaving him completely helpless and it cost him his entire life. So hopefully we learn more about the Ice King's backstory down the line and hopefully he gets a redemption arc at some point because he clearly deserves it. Like, this episode, other than this whole backstory thing, would have been completely irrelevant, but it this is huge. This is way more than I expected. I do not remember this at all from when I used to watch the show. I was just blown away by this episode, and I did end up giving it an 8.5, which might be a little high, but Ice King's backstory was just so intriguing to me that I couldn't help but give it a shock rating of 8.5. Uh, but yeah, that's really all I gotta say about this one. So, there we have it, folks. That's the end of this block recording session, so... Another five episodes, another five reviews down. I appreciate you folks for stopping in and following along with me if you are listening to the block reviews, which if you're hearing this, you obviously are. And before I go, of course, this was uh, a block that ended on episode 20. So, of course, there's six more episodes left in this season. So that means that the next block review episode will be a longer one. And then after that comes out, we'll have the super cut for season three before we start season four. So I just wanted to make sure everybody was up to speed on kind of how we were handling things. Because I think the way I handled it last time, and it worked pretty well, was on the Friday after I finished uh, recording the six-episode block that ended the season, I uploaded the block review. So the people who follow along with the block reviews... Um, managed to get to hear the last six episodes a little early. Um, but then 
I uploaded the supercut on the following Monday. So if you're following along at home, it'll probably be done fairly similarly. If for some reason I don't finish up watching them until like Monday, then I'll probably do the block review for the end of the season on Monday. And then the supercut will come out on that next Friday. But that's kind of how I've been sort of tackling this series and I just wanted to make it a little more obvious especially for the dedicated fans who are listening to the block reviews instead of the super cuts whenever they come out but if for some reason you are interested in hearing a little more um, easy to digest version of this whenever I do finish a season I upload a whole super cut of my reviews for every single episode onto my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Hyrulean. And I've been trying to be good about time stamping each of the episodes. So if you did miss an episode or two here and there, uh, and you want to hear my thoughts on a specific one that you really like, you can head over to the YouTube channel when I finish the season. And on the YouTube video for the Supercut, you can click on the timestamps in either the seek bar or in the description, and you can go straight to a specific episode. But... Yeah, so anyway, folks, really interesting final episode there. Excited to see where this series goes and continues. I'll see you guys in the next block where we'll send off Season 3. Have yourselves a fantastic day. Bye-bye.